Welcome to Your Health To Go, brought to you by Demystifying Your Health, providing the clarity that you need. I'm Ashley Wood, registered nurse and author, your host. In each episode, we take a health topic that's important to you and break it down into easy to understand information. We also discuss the most common treatments and preventative techniques. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Today's topic is encephalitis. When you hear the word encephalitis, you probably think of either mosquitoes or babies. However, it can impact anyone of any age, and the causes can vary widely. So what exactly is it? How is it treated? Can it be prevented? Encephalitis is inflammation of the brain. The most common reason is a viral infection, but bacterial infections and non-infectious conditions can cause it. Some of the most common viral agents are herpes simplex virus 1, or HSV1, herpes simplex virus 2, or HSV2, Epstein-Barr virus, which is also called infectious mononucleosis, varicella zoster virus, which is responsible for chickenpox and shingles, enteroviruses, which are poliovirus or Kakasaki virus, mosquito-borne viruses, such as West Nile, La Crosse, St. Louis, Western Equine, and Eastern Equine, tick-borne viruses, such as the Pawasan, and rabies virus. Certain childhood infections, such as measles, mumps, and rubella, can also cause encephalitis. There are two main types of encephalitis, primary and secondary. Primary is when the virus or other infectious agent directly infects the brain. It can be widespread or concentrated and may be a reactivation of a virus that has been inactive after a previous illness. Secondary comes from a faulty immune system response to an infection elsewhere in the body. Rather than attacking the cells causing the infection, the immune system attacks healthy cells of the brain. It typically occurs two to three weeks after an illness, which is why it's also known as post-infection encephalitis. The symptoms of encephalitis can range from mild to severe. Mild symptoms include headache, fever, aches in muscles and joints, and fatigue or weakness. More severe symptoms are confusion, agitation or hallucinations, seizures, muscle weakness, problems with speech or hearing, loss of sensation or paralysis of certain parts of the face or body, and loss of consciousness or coma. For infants and children, symptoms are bulging fontanelles, which is the soft spot of their skull, nausea or vomiting, body stiffness, irritability, and poor feeding or not waking for feedings. Complications depend on the person's age, cause of the infection, the severity of illness, and the time from the start of the disease to treatment. Most people with mild illness recover within a few weeks without any long-term problems. Complications depend on the person's age, cause of infection, the severity of illness, and time from the start of the disease to treatment. Most people with mild illness recover within a few weeks without any long-term problems. One of the significant concerns with severe encephalitis is that inflammation leads to injury to the brain, making the chances of coma or death more likely. 
Other complications of severe illness can linger for months or are permanent and include persistent fatigue, weakness or lack of muscle coordination, personality changes, memory problems, hearing or vision deficits, speech impairments, and paralysis. For mild encephalitis, treatment is usually bed rest, plenty of fluids, anti-inflammatory drugs like acetaminophen, ibuprofen, and naproxen, and antivirals like acyclovir, gangcyclovir, and foscarnet. It's important to clarify that some viruses don't respond to these treatments. However, most doctors will start a person on one of the antivirals because the type of virus isn't identified right away. Individuals with severe symptoms may need to be hospitalized because they need breathing assistance, intravenous or IV fluids, anti-inflammatory drugs such as corticosteroids, and anticonvulsants to prevent seizures. If you have complications from encephalitis, you may need different therapies. Physical therapy will assist you in improving strength, flexibility, balance, motor coordination, and mobility. Speech therapy helps you to relearn muscle control and coordination to produce speech. Occupational therapy aids in developing everyday skills and learning how to use adaptive devices. To prevent encephalitis, you should avoid exposure to viruses that cause it. One of the most important things is having good hygiene by washing your hands frequently and thoroughly, especially after going to the bathroom and before or after meals. It's also a good idea not to share utensils or beverages. It's vital to teach your children these habits too. Another essential step is keeping your and your children's vaccinations current, especially before traveling. There are several things you can do when it comes to preventing the spread of mosquito and tick-borne viruses. The first should be to dress in long sleeve shirts and long pants. Try to avoid being out during dawn and dusk when mosquitoes are most active. Also, stay away from wooded areas with tall grasses and shrubs since this is where ticks live. Another option is to use repellents that contain DEET on your skin and clothing. Do the same for children three months and older just don't put it on their hands since these often end up in their mouths. When applying it to the face, spray your hands and then wipe it on your face because this reduces the risk of inhaling the chemicals. If you're going to use sunscreen as well, put that on first. It's important to note, do not use products that contain both DEET and sunscreen on children since reapplication can expose the child to too much DEET. For infants two months old and younger, cover their infant carrier or stroller with mosquito netting. An additional option for clothing and other outdoor gear is to spray it with the insecticide permethrin. Do not apply this to your skin. Remove any sources of water around your house to prevent mosquitoes from laying their eggs in it. If you notice sick or dying birds or animals in your area, it could be a sign of viral illness and you should contact your local health department. Whenever you're done outdoors, be sure to wash your body and clothing with soap and water to remove the bug spray. Encephalitis can be mild or life-threatening. With the right treatment, you'll be feeling better in no time. If you have any questions or concerns about encephalitis, please speak with your doctor. If you'd like more information, please visit the Encephalitis Society's page. Thank you for spending some time with me today. If you found the material to be valuable and helpful, please tell your friends about us. We're on social media, so like and follow us there to stay up to date on our latest information. 
You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website. Stay healthy, and please join us next time on Your Health To Go. Now, time for the legal statement. Please keep in mind that the content we provide is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified competent health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Your Health To Go or seen on the Demystifying Your Health site. Demystifying Your Health does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided by Demystifying Your Health, its employees, others appearing at the invitation of Demystifying Your Health, or other visitors to the site is solely at your own risk. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately.